Actually, since this, I have to say this. Thank you. Uh, my wife and I recently redid our whole budget. Literally, uh, for those of you who are listening, we did this talk. We had this uh, 15 minutes afterward conversation, the aha moments. And I literally called my wife and went home like, we are sitting down and going over the budget again. It's uh, our life is different or, you know, a hospital, all these things. And we redid it. And it's been so freeing. And we have like new goals and all these things. So... Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. What's up, friends on the podcast world? We're back with another episode of the Young and Adulting Podcast with Pastor Brandon Cato. And yeah. uh, my name's Tyler, if we haven't got to meet through this screen or however you're watching or listening. And I'm really excited about today's conversation because we are doing another talk off of a talk that we recently just did around finances and uh, really how to stop stressing about money. Yeah. And uh, this whole conversation comes from one of those times when you get done with a, a podcast and a, and a set and you're talking about, you know, the rest of your day or debriefing the conversation and you have 10 to 15 minutes of like, oh my goodness, this is so good. Oh my goodness. I'm learning so much. So this whole talk that we're about to have right now, uh, Pastor Brandon, is stuff that you said to us right after we got done filming part one. So if you haven't watched part one uh, or listened to it, go back and check it out on YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you listen to podcasts. But how to stop stop stressing about money. This is take two, part two, whatever you want to call it, the yeah. offset, now onset kind of talk. So your yeah. aha moments, all the stuff that we missed that you're thinking about maybe while you're eating turkey because yeah. you said Thanksgiving. Just said Thanksgiving. Or, you know, end of the day debrief. But we're going to talk about how to stop stressing about money, part two, take two. Yeah. How are we feeling? What are we going to talk about? Yeah, I love it. Um, right after we finished the episode last time, I just was, you know, thinking through some of the stressors that, you know, people are dealing with. And I and it brought up all these different conversations and going back to the budgeting idea. Yeah, that was important. I just remember um, myself being a young person, like scared to death of budgeting. Yeah. And I was just reading some, you know, some statistics recently that it's fear of budgeting that actually keep people from from trying it or doing it. And what I want, what I want everyone to know is, man, there's so much freedom on yeah. the other side of budgeting. Like, get over the fear. Get somebody. You know, we talked last time about having an accountability partner or somebody to to walk this out with. But get somebody who's done it yeah. and how and help them get you over the fear. Because once you get over the fear of budgeting, there's so much freedom on the other side of it. You know, there's things that you're scared of. Like, I don't know, what am I going to do if I don't have enough money? Well, you already know you don't have enough money. That's why you're struggling. Yeah. Like, or you're mis, you know, you're mismanaging it. You're not spending it in the right places. So, put all that to the side. Get somebody to coach you. Get somebody to walk it out with you. But just get over the fear of budgeting because when you can, I think we mentioned this last time. But I remember as a young young guy, the first time I was able to actually budget and set aside money for a vacation and go on vacation, and I didn't owe anybody when I was done. Like we yeah. got we got to enjoy. Va- it made vacation so much better because it was paid for. Like yep. it was already set aside. We knew what we had. And uh, I just remember that being a huge win. And that's what I would want to encourage you. Um, to get away from the fear of budgeting, start start finding some wins. Yeah. Find some little wins that you can get. Somebody that's you know got budgeting experience can help you with that. Well, that's um, real, the, the fear of budgeting. I remember as a 20-year-old kid, you know, I'm off in college, and I was living in North Carolina at the time, and there's this place called Cookout. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a stop shop. Yeah. You can get a meal of five bucks with the uh, cheer wine. Oh, my goodness, it was so good. And I would eat there once a week. 
and the whole like ignorance is bliss thing. So I just like, I knew I was spending five bucks so many times, but I didn't check my budget. So it's like, oh, I'm fine. You know, like yeah. it's just this ignorance thing. But really, I was just afraid to check because I didn't want to see how much I had really been wasting on this amazing but unhealthy food place. So I'm glad we're talking about it. And actually, since this, I have to say this. Thank you. Uh, my wife and I recently redid our whole budget. Literally, uh, for those of you who are listening, we did this talk. We had this uh, 15 minutes afterward yeah. conversation, the aha moments. And I literally called my wife and went home like, we are sitting down and going over the budget again. It's uh, Our life is different. Our you know, got hospital, all these things. And we redid it. And it's been so freeing. And we have like new goals and all these things. So uh, thank you for talking about this and bringing this up again so that we don't have to live in fear. Of yeah. Budgeting. Yeah. You know, thinking still about budgeting, there was a couple of topics that came up um, after the last conversation. And one of them that people don't really link to budgeting, but it's time management. Yeah. And I remember trying to help some people and walk through this, but I started realizing like they went, they went to Publix every day. And I was like, man, why are you going to Publix like every for day? For groceries and stuff? Yeah, just to get things mm-hmm. instead no of way. instead of actually taking time to make a list and save time. Yep. Or when they're out driving around, they like they went to these same three places all the time. And I was like, you could budget your time better, save gas money, save time. I mean, time you've heard it, time is money. Mm-hmm. And start to plan, you know, plan your time out better in your week so that you can say, hey, okay, I'm going to be down in this area of town. I need to pick this thing up. So I'm going to do that on Thursdays because that's the day when yeah. I'm down there. Or um, I know that I'm going to be over here and this is the best place to get gas. So I'm going to get gas on Wednesdays. And I know this is like, oh man, this is too nitpicky and you're getting into all my business. But the reality is when you start to plan your time out, you're going to find not only will you have extra money, cash money, but you're going to have extra time too because you're going to start to set some of these things up and kind of create like a schedule or rhythm where you can say, oh no, hey, on Wednesday, I'm going to go do this. On yep. Friday, I'm going to do that. Um, it really will save you money. I was I was helping one person coaching them and they were able to cut a full tank of fuel a month. So we all know That's how expensive great. fuel is right yep. now, right? <laughs> so three, four, five bucks a gallon, depending on where you're at. But they were able to save a full tank of fuel just managing their time, which awesome. translates to, you know, 40, 50, 100 bucks, depending on what you drive, right. back into your budget that they never even thought of. Right. And they, so do that times 12. You just put $1,200 back in your budget by just managing your time better. Let's go. So um, wanted to make sure we cover that. Yeah. I also was thinking about um, bulk buying. Now, this is a, this is, there's two sides of this conversation. Bulk buying is expensive. Yeah. So if you've been to Costco or Sam's or any of those places where you can bulk buy, you know, getting out of there without spending X amount of dollars is tough. But if you have, and you hang out with a crew of people, you can say, hey, we're going to bulk buy this item together or that item together. And you can start to stack up some of those items that would be too expensive for one person to buy, honestly. Like who's going to go buy, you know, $100 worth of toilet paper. But <laughs> if you but you save a bunch of money when you do that, same thing, especially right now, I don't know um, how many people and where they're at are listening to this, but meat is incredibly expensive right now. And you could bulk buy meat and actually save. You can almost double the amount of meat you get for um, the price you pay for it. And I know, again, they're like, why are we talking about meat? This is just another one of those things that you're you're able to save money on. And when you start to do all of these little things and you put them in rhythm and you say, okay, I'm going to manage my time. I'm going to try to bulk buy some of these more expensive items and split it with a friend or two so that we can, you know, if you have a spouse, that's awesome. If you're dating someone, it's awesome. But you also have friend groups that... You can say, hey, we'll go in and buy this package of things together and split it up and save some money on it. But 
you can actually add several hundred dollars a month back into your budget by doing some of these little things. Um, it's great. That's intimidating. I think sometimes because, oh man, I love Costco. <laughs> I don't love Costco when I'm really hungry and I'm trying to get in and out and get what yeah. I need. You know, you walk in there like, oh, that looks really good. That This new thing. Yeah, I'll take five, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, you get the, you get the bill for it and it's sometimes hard to think like, okay, this is actually like three months worth of whatever it is of bulk right. and over month over month, it actually like evens out and it's even like a, you know, you're saving. Yep. Um, so I think that's really important, especially if you're like, you're saying like you're a college kid, got roommates and yeah. trying to work that out. I don't know if roommates think that way. They it's been don't. a while since I've, you know, but I definitely didn't at that time. They don't. And that's, and honestly, it's just, no one's taught them. No one's ever sat down with them and said, hey, here's some practical ways to save and, you know, to be able to add money to your budget every single month, but also make it more convenient. If one person is going to go do bulk buying this month and the next person, someone else can do it, it takes weight off of you, off your time. I mean, there's a whole bunch of positives that come out of it versus, um, you know, just the stress of I got to run to Publix every day and get these five things and pay more for them. So um, there's so much more we could talk about on budget, but I just, I felt like, you know, making sure we went back over, hey, there's a healthy fear, but man, it is so valuable to get over that. Yep. And then some of these practical ways, um, getting somebody who can coach you through it, somebody who's been through it, somebody who has some financial experience is the best way. They're going to have a lot more secrets. And then as you start to learn this, share it with your friends. Right. you got friends that you're going to sit with, hang out with that need to hear this, yep. that are struggling. So those are a few things. We also, the conversation did take another turn and yep. was really talking about debt. Yep. And I, I didn't think about this a lot before our last conversation, but post the conversation, I was thinking about how many people are dealing with debt mm-hmm. and they haven't had anybody actually coach them on right. what to do with it. And, you know, some of the things I've learned over the years is there's actually negotiations available in all debt. Now, I want to be clear. You can't go to City Furniture today and buy $5,000 <laughs> worth of furniture and think next week you're going to negotiate the debt. That's not going to work. Yeah. But there's long-term debt that you or people have had, and you can actually negotiate some of the things around that, maybe even the dollar amount, maybe the penalties and fees that have stacked up on you. But if you get to a point where, let's say, you know, you have something that's been outstanding for a while and you're ready to pay this debt off, you can actually call them and negotiate the payoff on the end. Say, hey, I'm ready to settle this account. We actually see this a lot in the health world you know, health bills that people get from their, you know, what they had to run to the emergency room or whatever. And this bill comes, it's $2,000 and you can actually call and negotiate that down sometimes to 20% of the actual original dollar amount. I just got one. We just had a baby in hospital. So maybe we should. uh... But you can, (laughs) and you can also use your health provider to help negotiate that because there's things that are just incorrectly billed. And no, if nobody ever asks or nobody ever says, Hey, is this accurate? Right. You could just end up paying it. And it happens all the time. People just pay what, because they trust that this is what I owe. This is the invoice. But there's also something that's available. Um, it's, it's bad debt write-off. So a lot of companies, credit cards, um, people that would have financed loans or things like that have an opportunity to write off bad debt. So how this works, if you had something outstanding, especially like right now in school loans, there's a lot of people that are doing this. If so you define get, uh, bad debt, define that. Yeah, so companies will set aside money to write off bad debt. Bad debt is money that they don't anticipate recouping. So okay. it's money that they say, hey, this is never going to come in. So we they budget for bad debt. So the <laughs> companies in the corporate world, we did this. We had actual money set aside 
that was budgeted in our annual budget that was going to cover bad debt, meaning people were going to have us do service and then not pay their bill. So we budgeted for that. There's also credit card, banks, um, furniture places, school loans. They all have bad debt write-off. So what you can do is you can call if you have something that's been lingering for years, like maybe it's a school loan and you and it's let's say you're down to the last five thousand dollars and you and you get a bonus this year for twenty five hundred. It doesn't hurt to offer them the twenty five hundred to pay it off. You will be surprised how many times they say yes huh. because they have bad debt ready to write off and they want to clear it out. They don't want to manage it anymore. They don't want to track it. They don't want to send you another letter. They don't want. They don't want to do that. So. I've seen this. I've seen this happen on um, deals as high as you know four or five hundred thousand dollars, where people have had bad business debt, and maybe it wasn't their fault. Maybe it was their fault, but regardless, a couple years in it, trying to make payments, trying to make good on it, you can go back to them and say, "Hey, we've had a really good year. We would love to pay off this this debt that's outstanding and negotiate." You know, first off, you can always negotiate off penalties and all of that. They those stack up. It's a scare tactic. Yes, they're there. Yes, they will get paid if somebody doesn't ask. But you can always negotiate those off and say, so "Interesting." Hey, you know, you put the bill might be five thousand. You have another five thousand in penalties or late fines and all this stuff. You can go back and say, "Hey, I have the five grand. Would you take the debt of five grand and and waive the other?" And oftentimes, probably in the seventy eighty percent, they'll say yes. So interesting. They'll take it because they want the good money. They don't ever want to turn down good money for more debt or penalties that they chances are they're not going to recoup. So hopefully this is, that's helpful when you start thinking about that. What kind of questions do you have on that? Yeah, well, no, I'm just thinking like, for those who are listening, uh, we had the same conversation like three feet from this table, like right there. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, wait, for real? And a few of us in this, you were like, wait, is that true? Man, when you start, so this is really helpful. And uh, no, I, I think this is, you always think that, you know, big corporations and these uh, institutions are so fixed and really unmovable on, persuadable to be honest with you some of these things never never even crossed my mind yeah. like and i think that's when you said it we were we were dumbfounded over here um just because it never occurred to us that these things could be negotiated or that there's any um uh, room to move in the first place so yeah i'm just glad you're saying it yeah there's you know there's an opportunity on anything that's stacked up over time where you know life circumstances happen you know you change jobs you do this you do that you have children you know life happens and you get stuck with this debt that you just don't seem to be mounting any, you know, you don't you don't make any moves on it. It's just con- continuing to pile up because of penalties, interest, and all these fines. And they just keep getting bigger and bigger. But let's say you get this blessing, a, a great job or a great bonus or something comes along, and you can go back and offer them the original dollar amount or even less than. Hey, why, why, what does it hurt? I mean, the worst case scenario, they say no. Right. And then you still owe the debt. It doesn't, but... It never hurts to ask. And I would say the percentage is somewhere in the 80 or 90% range. They're going to work with you. Hmm. If they know you have an opportunity to settle a debt, they're going to work with you. They may waive all the penalties and fees. They may take a percentage off of the note beyond that. Um, I've seen some I've seen some go as low as 50%, so 50 cents on the dollar. Waive all the fees, waive all the penalties, oh. and then take half of what the original debt was because they just want it off their books. They want it gone. So- Crazy. So that was one thing we talked about. Yep. Um, the other thing uh, I felt like was a huge um, opportunity for, for people here too, was just the opportunity to negotiate on the purchase side. So you have the debt side, 
things that have happened. But also as you're buying things, you can also negotiate on the buy. So you can negotiate not just the price of the car or the item or the couch or whatever, but if you're going to finance something, there's also opportunity to negotiate the rate. Mm. There's there's sometimes they have a buy down program where you can um, put a little extra money down, which will give you a better rate. So thinking specifically on a car, you're going to go buy a car. They're going to the first rate that they present you is usually not the rate that they're expecting to get. Now some people don't know. They sign the paperwork. Right. They walk. They walk out of there, and they could have got a point or two off of their percentage rate. Um, we just did this to to help our daughter and just ask the question: Hey, if I put another thousand dollars down, does that change the rate? Well, sure. What if I put two thousand dollars down? Does that change the rate? Sure. So you can you can ask them: Can we adjust the rate? We just uh, I just helped someone negotiate a mortgage, and the right now the interest rates are high. If you've seen that, inflation is up. Interest rates just got raised again. The average initial rate is like 7.17 right now. We were able to negotiate it down to 5.7 on a current right now. Same, their initial offer was 7.17, and we were able to negotiate it down to 5.75. Just asking, hey, what other programs are there? Hey, what other options are there? Is there another place we can go? Is there, sometimes they'll offer to buy down the rate. I try not to do that because you're just spending money right. up front to buy something down that you're going to, it's basically going to wash out dollar for dollar. But um, there's ne- there's room to negotiate. I think I said last time, um, everything's negotiable. So there's really, there's really nothing that you can't ask. I read this book um, called Never Split the Difference. And it was all about, uh, well, first I will say it's a, it's a, secular book. So there's bad language in there. And the guy uses some stories that um, I think his last name is Voss, but he was a, a FBI, FBI, CIA negotiator. And he, so cool. and he was negotiating life, like life situations. People's lives were in negotiation. Well, as he retired, he took that to the business world and started saying, hey, never split the difference. If someone just, if that's their first offer, hey, I'll split it with you. Well, then there's probably more room to negotiate down. Mm-hmm. So he uses a car purchase as an example, as one of the stories and, and shares how he was able to get his rate down, the purchase price down, and actually got all of these free things thrown in. And the first offer was a no. And I think it maybe even second, third offer was no, but he just kept going back and going back and going back. Um, it's an interesting book. There is language in there. So I apologize for that. But um, just reading it and listening to the the principles that he uses from life situations to life situations. It's not death and, you know, on the line, but it is life negotiations that we're, that we are dealing with day in and day out. And it's a, uh, it's pretty cool just to see how they translate so well from, from his time in the CIA. But, um, so those are a few things that, that I was thinking of after the last conversation we had. Yep. And, um, going back to the, the last conversation, I can't stress enough that, um, you're not alone in this, man. Everything that we're talking about, people that are dealing with debt, people that are negotiating, people that are trying to figure out a budget, people that are, you know, trying to step into a new chapter in their life, whatever that might might be, um, someone else has done it. Someone else has been there. Someone else has already walked that. Find someone that's a little bit ahead of you and help them, you know, ask them to help you walk that same thing. That's great. Well, while we're on the subject, you know, the, yeah. we're in the holidays, right? Thanksgiving just happened and we're, Christmas is upon us. And so, you know, how important is it when you talk about budget to budget for holidays, for gift giving, yeah. for Christmas? I think I can't remember the exact statistic, 
that we shared um, about this time last year on a Thursday night message, but I think it was something around like the average American spends like a grand per Christmas, you yeah. know, on gifts and it might be higher. But I remember just thinking like, man, that's, that's a lot. And a lot of times it's like, it's unbudgeted. It's just like, oh, we'll just pull from here. Yep. Um, what would you say to the person who's stressed out about Christmas, you know, maybe feeling expectation of needing to spend buy, purchase. I mean, everywhere we go, it's like, boom, boom, boom. And uh, I think with today's Cyber Monday, I don't yep, it you is. know, so my Cyber Monday is probably going to come and go before uh, this airs, but like Cyber Monday is a part, like we just had Thanksgiving, be thankful, be grateful, yeah. you know, be excited about what you have. And then it's like, boom, buy all the stuff that you see. And so I think that can also produce stress and even anxiety for people, sure. especially for for families who are, are struggling. So maybe speak to that subject of of, of budgeting and just encourage along, along the lines of holiday and yeah. the pressure that we might feel. So several several years ago, my wife and I were feeling this exact same thing. We're like stressed out. We're trying to buy presents for 20 people. You know, our whole family's here local. So when we get together, everyone expects a gift. You know, they're going to bring one for you and you feel bad if you take one and you don't have one for them. So um, we were like, hey, this is, this is taking the joy out of this whole season. Like literally the joy was gone. And we had two little kids at the time and we're like, man, we want to make sure that they have the best Christmas I don't want to feel stressed that I've got if somebody bought me a hundred dollar gift. I've got to buy them a hundred dollar gift. But that's what we were. That's the reality. That's what we were feeling. And so we went to both families, my side and her side, and we said, "Hey, what if we did something different?" And we drew names. So yep. that way, we're buying. It's very intentional. Right. Everybody gets a gift. We put a limit on it, whatever that dollar amount. I remember one one year was fifty bucks. We everybody's gift with the the limit was fifty. Sometimes people break it and then that's okay. It becomes kind of a fun and joke. It's yeah. not, they, that was their choice. Right. Um, but you do this gift exchange and it's, it puts all the joy back in it. Um, now, we're, the holidays are on us right here. So you may not be able to pull right. that off in the next 25 days, but you could do that for next year. You could start to have the conversations and we ended up um, turning one of them into really like a Christmas tradition on Christmas Eve. The family gets together Everybody exchanges um, a gift. You, we pull the names out of the hat earlier in the year at one of the family gatherings. And then uh, it's kind of like Secret Santa and you yep. get them a gift. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. It puts a joy back into it. And it let us focus on the kids and be able to give the kids a Christmas without having to pull from them to be able to um, to give all these gifts out. The other thing we did, um, which again, it's kind of late in this year, but we started budgeting in September for Christmas. So we would buy... In September, we would buy a gift, usually a week or pay period, whatever our mm-hmm. whatever cycle we were in, and we would make a list. And this goes back to the first thing I was talking about, which is time management, scheduling, right. and all that. We would actually set aside time to talk about, okay, we're going to buy these five people gifts or these six people gifts, and we would set a dollar amount aside, and then we would, that first you know pay period in September, we would go buy one of the gifts. And it wasn't stressful because yep. we had already planned on it, you know, 50 bucks a piece or whatever, 7,500 bucks a piece. And then the next pay period would come. It wasn't stressful. We had a couple weeks to think about it. What are we going to get this person? It became fun. And so we would start in September and we did that every year, probably for 12 or 15 years. Michelle and I did that. And when it got to the time and all along, we're thinking about the kids and what we want to do for the kids. And while we're out, we would make it a coffee date. We'd go out and have a coffee date and go buy a gift and go shopping and try to pick something up for one of the kids. But doing in small increments over September, October, by the time December gets here, you are stress-free. 
Right. You're not even thinking about it. It's done. Yeah, you're not I mean, shopping on December can, 24th. <laughs> no, you're not shopping on December 24th. It's done. It's out of the way. You've already budgeted for it. And the stress is gone and the joy fills the whole season because right. now you don't have to worry about it. Yep. And you see someone, you're like, oh, I got them. I got, yep. I already got them. Yeah. They're done. <laughs> like, um, So those are things, you know, I would say in this season now, if you're in a situation, you're going to hear this just a few weeks before Christmas. Man, just tell the family where you're at. Nobody ever wants the, somebody to feel bad or in a spot if they're struggling right now or, hey, finances are tight. Tell them. Yep. We did that. When, you know, when 20 years ago, when we were in a situation and everybody got gifts and we went to them, we said, hey, finances are tight. Gifts are going to look a little bit different this year. You know what? A lot of those gifts, people still, we handmade some stuff. We uh, did some photos and did some different things that gave them memories instead of money. And some of those gifts, people still talk about 20 years later. Don't be embarrassed by that. Let That's great. It, use it, embrace it, and make it a moment. Make it That's a memory. Um, those are those are things I would say to do right now. And I will tell you, as a dad, who's you know I've got twenty, my son's twenty four, my daughter's twenty two. A personal handwritten note, gift, picture, anything in that world means ten times more to me. Correct. I, I have to remember that that's the same thing for my parents. That's the same thing for my aunts, cousins, all those people. They get something personal like that. You couldn't put a price tag on that. They're going to forget the pair of shoes. They're going to forget the pair of boots, whatever it is. They're going to hold on. That will yep. be treasured. That will be saved. And it won't ever it won't ever go away. That'll be something they cherish more. So I think we devalue that because we didn't put actual dollars yep. all the time into it. But the, the the truth is, those are the most valuable. Yeah, that's a great tip. I was just thinking about, man, focus on making memories Yeah. Uh, rather than spending money. I think that's a great way to stop stressing about money. It's like, let's go do something, make something, be a part of something that doesn't yeah. require money. And it's a memory maker. It'll stick with you forever. Uh, wrapping up, what are, what are any other last thoughts, aha moments? Maybe we'll have a couple after this ends. Hopefully, uh, it's all concentrated here so we don't miss anything. Anything else you'd like to say about... Uh, money, you know, people stressing, maybe the holidays, that wasn't something planned, but kind of came out. Well, I was thinking some of the things we have done in the past too, like to take the pressure off money in the moment that's needed, we would do things like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to spend this weekend, you know, make it a trip, come to the house, like quality time, family time together, or put a meal into it. Like, Hey, we're going to on, you know, for this year, Christmas, we got these, we booked the dates out, make it a moment and say, Hey, we're going to have you over to the house these three times and we're going to cook for you. And it's just going to be a, a fun family time that, that delays some of that cost on you, but it sets up this moment of That's expectation great. and then they'll look forward to it. They'll yeah. look forward to those moments where they get to gather or spend family time. Again, I can tell you right now, as our whole family is big and it's grown and there's so many Quality time and spending time together is absolutely number one. Yep. So if you can give that away or book that or set that up, it's a huge, it's a huge win. Um, I, aha moments. I think just leaving that last conversation, um, I, I want people to know that you're not alone. That I know I've said that several times, but the more I read and the more I'm listening to where people are at right now, money is the number one stressor. It's it's creating so much stress, not just in single married couples, people that are tr- planning to get married, all, everything, every area of of life, people are just stressing right now so much over money, and especially in the holiday season. I just want them to know that, I want you to know, man, you're not alone. It's it's okay. You're going to get through it. 
we I can remember when we ran it and we made it through it and now we're getting to coach people and walk with them and see them find wins. And I for me, you know, if you're sitting there thinking right now, oh man, I'm scared to ask somebody, man, it's a win for them. Like if somebody's been through this journey and they can actually invest in you right. and your story and your journey and help you find a win, priceless. Yep. That makes me so happy. Like when I see people winning in their in this area and this doesn't become something that pulls them away from family or God or any of the things that are most important to us, it's a huge win. So, hey, I know um, I know we've talked a lot about it, but I, here at Christ Fellowship, we have resources and team available. And I know we've got yep. staff that help with this. We've got resources and Financial Peace University that we can help. We just added that as a benevolence um, option for people to help them and that find themselves in situation. And I know planning early in 23, we're already planning a, a financial uh, money matters class where we help people walk through some of this stuff. So I would say reach out, ask. Love it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Pastor Brandon, for following up, having this conversation. It's an important conversation. So yeah. um, I'm excited to listen back and, and have some takeaways. As we step into the holiday season, it's crazy, crazy to think that 2023 is upon us. And um, yeah, so it's going to be a good time. All you guys tuning in, watching, listening, wherever or however. I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, uh, shoot us a um, little Love it. comment, I guess, on YouTube or, or email us or DM us on Instagram or all the other ways. But we love you. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.